Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick and Mike take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all their content in between. In this week's episode, the boys take a trip back in time and reminisce about the fascinating worlds and lifestyles throughout different times in history and how they are used to tell stories. So, what's a period piece? of Showboys. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm your host and uh, joined, as always, with my good friend Nick. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. Thank you very much. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm excited about our chat tonight. No, um, this is going to be a good one. I yeah. Like I yeah, actually dude. took notes. Ooh. Oh, man. You know, it's going to be a good one. Nick came prepared. Um... But yeah, before we jump into the, the meat of the episode, we just wanted to remind you guys uh, that we have a YouTube page along with, uh, you know, all of the other platforms that we're on, uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, um, there's, you know, a host of others too. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to remind you that we do have a YouTube page and uh, we're really trying to hit the 100 subscriber mark so we can get a fancy custom URL to make it easier for people to find us. Um, we're quite a bit of ways away from, from 100, but the good news is subscribing to channels on YouTube is totally free. Uh, so just you know, head over to our, our YouTube channel, which you know we can include uh, the link to on our social media post and uh, click the subscribe button, click the, the notification button. So you can <clears throat> always be in the know whenever we uh, upload something new. And uh, thank you for, you know, following us on Facebook and, and listening to our episodes. We really appreciate it. Um, it will be, uh, yeah, we need, we need those subs, those sweet subs. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I'll include the link to our YouTube channel in our YouTube videos, but that <laughs> right. really doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, yeah, where we include the links to everything else we normally talk about, including the link to our YouTube channel in our YouTube video might be a little... You're watching right now. It has a link <laughs> to the video you're watching right now. Yeah, just click that and then subscribe. Just watch it again for at least 30 seconds so it gets a view. Um, but yeah. Definitely YouTube. That's a tall hill to climb, but I think it's a it's a good one just because YouTube's the place. I know we hang out on it a lot. Um, be sure to tune in tomorrow for our second Mandalorian companion series episode, where we'll be covering everything about episode two of the Mandalorian. Another yeah. than that, and that first episode was so fun. I was so excited to <laughs> do it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's it, it's good time hopping and skipping 
through yeah. the different different uh timelines here. It's a lot to manage. Craig helps us out though. He always uh he's a yeah. good bookkeeper when it comes Man. to multiple dimensions. You know, I don't know where we'd be without Craig. He said we we should get him a microphone one of these days. Uh yeah, but he really just needs to lift himself up and buy himself the equipment. True. But he does a lot. He doesn't really say much though, you know. Yeah. Good point. Uh so um yeah we got all that stuff out of the way thank you for listening to our our pleas and and uh you know cries for subs um yeah what what do you want to talk about tonight nick you know tonight i think we jumped around on a few ideas the first idea was a big stinker so we we scrapped it and went with something just a little bit more fitting um and I think we're going to, you know, we're definitely starting this theme where we're just going to dig into our own episodes and pull out new ideas for new episodes. So it was pretty easy. We have said period pieces quite a bit of times at this point. So it was only natural that we just have at least our first EP on period pieces. Um, it Those being a very wide genre because obviously a period piece can be anything from at this point even like the 2000s yikes all the way back to you know being of time so you know i think there's some news out there and we're going to kind of hone in you know to start off here with some viking stuff i think you know yeah you can't go wrong with vikings um but yeah maybe uh maybe we can define what a period piece or a period drama is in case we have uh, listeners who aren't as obsessed with this particular genre as we are. Um, I just kind of looked it up and it is a television or film production set in a particular historical period and characterized by the use of costumes, sets, and props that are typical of the era. So, uh, you know, a lot of these period dramas, period pieces, whatever you prefer to call them, um, are historic in in some sense of the word. Um, a lot of them are fictionalized. Some of them do a, a, a cool job of tying in, you know, reality and actual historic events with, you know, some loose fiction and dramatization, so it's not super dry. But, um... Yeah, like what, I guess, what really draws you uh, in particular to these uh, types of shows and movies, Nick? I was just thinking about that as you define period pieces. And I think the a big thing about period pieces is the world building. And I think the world building is is especially strong in these is because you're talking about you know, usually you're set in a time and a setting in a world that isn't very familiar oftentimes to all the viewers. So they put a lot of emphasis on costume design, you know, the environment, what the world looks like, more so than they would on a show that's set, you know, within the last 10 years of present day, because there's a lot of things we just assume everyone knows, right? So if you set a show up in, you know, today 
everyone knows we have cell phones. Everyone knows, you know, there's Facebook and social media is the biggest thing ever, you know, and, you know, modern day politics. So there's just like a lot of assumptions that are baked in to shows and movies set in present day. But when you have to step back, you know, more than 20 years, you have to do a little extra, you know, and even the further back you go, a little extra to really set up your, your stage. Yeah, I I really enjoy the ones that, um, the types of shows or movies that uh, t- try very hard to be as accurate as possible. Um, that just kind of, oh, sorry, hit the old microphone there. Um, Heard the spring. Yeah. Uh, but like that attention to detail kind of almost, you know, teaches you things about, you know, maybe how life was back in 1890 or you know whatever time period we're watching or whatever um and just like seeing how people lived or how people would do what we would consider like mundane everyday like typical tasks like that are just as common and brainless as breathing for us right like you come downstairs and you like flip on the light switch and then all of a sudden you have light or like you go and like pops pop a waffle in the toaster in the morning and you have breakfast but like seeing how uh, people have to go and actually like hunt food and like how they would prepare the their catch and things like that i think kind of adds a, a layer of intrigue i guess when i'm watching these does any does that make sense at all or am i just like super weird no i mean that makes sense i mean it's it's just the attention the detail that is more interesting right to us than stuff in modern day um because i mean say you're like you know modern day new york it's a movie right and you know they're they're not going to take time, or even if they do take time, they might not pay attention to it. But if you're like if people are if the scene is on the street of New York and there's someone doing like some homeless action over across the street, or you know everyone's dressed a certain way, I feel like we just kind of look past that because it just looks right because that's what we expect because we're familiar with it. Whereas you set up a, a scene in either you know, science fiction or you said scene in historic um, 1800s, Roman times, you're paying attention to those details because you're like, oh man, look at how they're dressed or, you know, look at how the the fruit vendor is set up or like in the marketplace. Yeah. So you're just paying attention to all these details because it's, it's new and it's refreshing because it's just not part of, like you said, that mundane, we get it. Like, oh, they're, you know, they're driving a motorcycle or it's a car chase through a, I don't know, through a mall or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not looking at all those details. Yeah. And like when you started talking about uh, a city, you know, it made me think about some of the, a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but like, you know, at least two or three of the, the shows that I really enjoyed uh, during, in this genre. Um take place during like the fur trading time. Uh, so like, you know, that's, you know, 
early on in in America's history, right? So obviously, it's all undeveloped, like just wilderness, right? So <clears throat> even though we live in Ohio and not particularly in a you know large city or anything, we don't live in the wilderness, right? So like just seeing the the shots in the woods and like the big um you know scene transitions where you're just like flying above this huge like plane or mountain range you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about just like the scenery itself is just like so awesome you're like ah oh, I, I don't get to see stuff like that like i wonder what life would have been like you know living in that time where you know everything is undeveloped and you just got to kind of like make it work right maybe yeah, it's that's... some like weird um fantasy i guess where sometimes i'll just be like sitting out <laughs> alone sadly at, at, in my fire pit in the backyard typically on saturday nights just sitting there watching the fire and i'll just be like man People used to like just be nomads and roam around and like their only worries in life were, you know, am I going to catch enough food for dinner tonight? And like, where am I going to sleep and how am I going to stay warm? You know, you don't have all the added stress of like, can I pay my bills? Um, I got to go to work blah 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 whatever you know our our current society like stressors are right yeah i think there's something like intriguing to me about that yeah and i mean it's just like what you're saying about like the you know the flyovers of the wilderness right or some big forest or you know the fur trade country in northern north america um they do, you know, in movies today, set in present day, they do flyovers of our cities. But once again, that's not particularly interesting because it's familiar to us. Right. So the same shot, right? Some flyover scene transition where they're like, pan city, you know, pan city of Los Angeles. Or in a period piece, pan the great frontier has a different <laughs> yeah. effect because of the setting and the time. Right. Yeah, there's just there there's a lot that like gets your imagination like running and like it, it they the shows just outside of the the plot lines and and the story arcs and the characters and stuff just like there's things there that make you think about the the tertiary things, right? Like like everything we've been talking about, how did they survive? You know, like when they talk about having to travel from like one settlement to another, like it might just be, you know, 20 or 30 miles away, but they have to walk. Right. So just like travel is mind blowing when you sit back and think about it and be like, Oh dang, it's like January and they have to, go to this other settlement and like all they have is fur, you know, from 
the beavers or whatever that they've been skinning and that the I, I don't know there's just like so many secondary and tertiary things outside of the stories that get my brain going yeah and it's just that attention to detail and more to think about you know you're not just the plot the main plot story arc is obviously important but um there's time spent building this world and i mean and one thing that i think period pieces might fall into a trap it's it, it's a trap for me um when they set up like the first season or even the first few episodes covering this stuff but then they stop because they already did it right so that attention to detail starts to fade over time um do you have any like specific examples um i mean a specific example particularly in the show vikings from the history channel Mm. um the first season obviously the characters are in a much different place in life right so they start off as like there's like simple farmers and the main character basically rises um to challenge and he wants to be um the leader of the local viking tribe right so spoiler alert once that is accomplished in the first season um they no longer focus on those aspects of viking life where they're just like farming and they're just like creating weapons and kind of just like you know, having that time with your son, showing him how to like swing a sword, like those details start to like slip and they then focus on like another set of details. It might be necessary for the, you know, where the characters are in the plot, in the story. But to me, you know, the first season had a much different world building experience than the later seasons. And just progressively as time went on, less time was spent toward that um and to the point where at the beginning of every season they would just show like like a overarching pan of where the town was where it kind of was like a little village and turned to a town then it you know in the later seasons is a big city but they kind of just it fell to the wayside as far as the detail of how everyday life was Mm. so it started off yeah, it started off really strong doing that, but then obviously as like the plot gets more complicated, the characters have more stuff going on, they're telling all these other interweave stories, that takes precedence over um the world building. Which is fine. It's okay. But I I feel like it's it can be a weak point in these where they just kinda evolve into soap opery dramas. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um so <clears throat> Uh, I definitely want to talk about Vikings, not necessarily the show, but just Vikings in general. Um, but I I broke out my notes, which <laughs> aren't, I guess you could consider them notes, uh, into like three categories. I have period pieces that I've watched completely, like I've finished either the entire series or I'm like completely caught up with what's currently released. Then I have period pieces that I want to watch that either like I haven't gotten around to watching or they haven't come out yet. And then I have period piece games, um, which hopefully we can get into later. Excuse me, I gotta clear my throat. One second. 
Sorry about that. Holy cow. Um, but yeah, so Vikings, the show is on my period pieces that I want to watch, but I haven't yet. Um, with that being said, the issue that you just talked about, is it like enough to like, should I scratch that off my, my list or should I actually watch it? No, you should actually watch it because it's effective enough in the first season. It's just, it's just the idea that over time it degrades. Not mm. that it degrades terribly in that. It actually evolves well with the story. It's just something that does happen, and some degrade faster than others. Um, so it's, it doesn't detract from the story or plot, does it? No, no not that show in particular, no. Okay, well, that's good. Um, and I mean, and typically you can attribute that to, and this happens a lot, I think with, I think Netflix does it with a few, like, I think the, there's a show called rain and it's kind of like set in maybe 1400s France. And obviously I think from the get go, it's intended to be very, um, soap opera like, right. Yeah. Where it's just, it's just purely a drama, but at the beginning of it, and throughout it, it has those world-building details, but they quickly fade, right? More so than Vikings. But in that show, they quickly fade into the foreground. And all they're doing is just, like, the drama of who slept with who, who killed who, you know, who talked bad or betrayed so-and-so. That kind of thing takes way front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely just feel like it's more rare to see that consistent world building and attention to detail in these shows. So basically definitely watch Vikings. Okay. Um, but that rain show you're talking about is basically pretty much the walking dead where, yeah, uh, it, it, might, be, <laughs> where... it might be, it might be even more degrading than the walking oh. dead. You hate to see that because, like, yeah, you know, I, I I love The Walking Dead so good, but then it literally just turned into a soap opera that, like, a zombie would occasionally, like, waltz through the background, right? So it it got the the zombie genre tag, but it was basically just like a giant like Days of Our Lives <laughs> series after like season two. Exactly. So like yeah. Rain, I would say that happened after maybe like episode three or four. Mm. If I were to guess, I haven't watched it like consistently, but it's something uh, Aaron was watching and I would pick up parts of it. Interesting. So like so, there, when I would when I would like watch like parts of it, I would be like, oh, you know, they're doing a little bit of world building. You know, they're touching on a, a subject relevant to the time. Right. Maybe like. How they utilize castles or, you know, the order of things, servants and stuff like that. But as soon as they touch on it, that just is gone and it's the drama part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Um, but back to Vikings. Um, I haven't watched the show Vikings, but one of my favorite shows is called the last kingdom, which is about Vikings. Um, I know I've told you about it before. Uh, and I know you've seen at least a few episodes, but have you seen the entire series or like a season of it? 
no it it's it's on my list especially after kind of like make doing some notes for tonight um okay yeah because i was gonna i was gonna ask you if you had seen enough of it to compare it to vikings to to kind of like see which one i mean not necessarily which um, one's better but like you know what differences they might have you know what i'm saying i think i know enough to give a little bit of at least a very initial observation there so vikings follows real life characters you know um for the most part at least real life um stories that have been passed down of characters um so the main character is ragnar and he's a pretty popular store you know person in norse mythology and legend um so i would say vikings on history channel leans more toward the mystery and um kind of storytelling elements where these are like larger than life characters Mm -hmm. where where like they're kind of more hero-esque placed in they're normalized heroes so they have like normal problems and right. They're very much human, but they are to the outside ethos in that universe, like these larger than life characters, because they're I think... famous. Whereas I would think, I think the Last Kingdom is a little bit more grounded than that. I think I remember because you watched at least the first episode with me at my house one night, and I think we had a conversation and. It was a while ago, so I might be misremembering. But I feel like either one of us had mentioned that the Last Kingdom kind of kind of follows along the like English side of the story of the Danes like invading England, and whereas I think you were saying like the Vikings show obviously follows the Vikings and like the Danish people's side of the story is it is vikings like telling the story of like the invasion of england and stuff like that or is it just kind of like viking stuff so so vikings on history channel it can it, it contextualizes and dramatizes the like landmark stories of the viking culture okay. so so humble so basically you know quick recap humble beginnings right farmers turned into like badass warriors right who then mm-hmm. set sail and figure out how to like build these ships that can cross the water then they find england so then there's like a season or two where they're like let's raid england there's a point where they go to the mediterranean on a little side thing there's a point where they invade france like paris itself like sail up the river Oh, so nice. so it, it it's very wide it's a very overarching and there's like multiple things going on in different plant parts of greater europe so they're they're definitely hitting those larger tales of viking legacy um whereas like you said um the last kingdom is more so a focused story about characters in a little bit smaller corner of that period yeah, so like the summary of Last Kingdom. Uh basically you follow a character named Uhtred who 
actually is an Englishman, but he's also no, no, no. Uh, it's it's been a while. Sorry. Uh, he's like part English and part Danish. Um, his father's village gets raided or. No, the village itself doesn't get raided. I'm doing a terrible bad or a, ter- a terrible job of summarizing this and terrible speaking. Bad. I'm doing a terrible bad. Big bads are happening right now. Uh his father's uh army for their village marches out to try to attack uh, a Danish army of Vikings who are making their way through um their area of England. And the Viking army wins, obviously, because they're brutal army. Um, and Uhtred is like a, a probably 10, maybe, maybe younger than 10 at the time. And he like sneaks out and follows uh, his village's army to battle. And <clears throat> the Danes, after they win, they take Uhtred and because they're not that savage to like kill children. Instead, they just enslave him. Um, so they take Uhtred to their village and kind of like raise him as one of their own. So um, later on, he decides through a series of events that he wants to go back and reclaim his village that is rightfully his from his father. And um, so it's an interesting story about a character who is like, literally right in the middle of this giant battle that's going on for England. And he like fights a lot with the English army and King um, Edward. And, uh, but then also fights alongside the Danes at certain points. And it's super interesting, but it's very much told just like his story in this huge, like overarching years long battle for England. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, this might spend, you know, that, that that's like the main plot point for like um, two, season two and three, I think, for Vikings. But they they tell from a little different of a perspective with different um, characters. There might be some character overlap. I think I noticed on the English side there was definite overlap, but the emphasis on the English characters were different. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Last so, Kingdom is pretty funny because, like, it's basically just the English people being like, "We need to convert those heathens who are raiding our lands," and then like the Vikings are just like, "Bro, like, just stop." <laughs> like, we just we want a place where we can farm, and unfortunately, that's here. So it, like, <laughs> does it have like comedy elements? No, or, no. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, it's there's a couple characters that are like the comic relief, but it's very much a drama and like action oriented. Uh, but there are, I mean, there are some like humorous parts, and there are a character or two that I can think of off the top of my head that are kind of funny. Yeah. Um, the filming is a little different from what I noticed too. Whereas I think um, the Last Kingdom's a little bit more natural lighting lit, if that makes sense, um, and a little bit more 
uh, kind of mundane, if you will, more realistic, if anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas Vikings is much more um, cinematic, cinematic, darker, right? Yeah. A lot of darker themes. There's even probably like, you know, some sort of tint or lighting adjustment on everything. Um, and it definitely because even even the like the description here, like the series is inspired by the tales of Norsemen in early medieval Scandinavia. Oh, OK, so. um. Nice. Yeah, so they definitely lean into the fantasy a little bit um, to just where these characters are doing. You know, they never do anything that's like magical, but right to the common Norsemen in these stories, these are larger than life characters, and nice. they make that known. So, so Last Kingdom you can find on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, and all seasons are available to watch on Netflix. You said Vikings is a history channel show? So yeah, you can you usually have to watch the latest season and episodes on um history.com, but you can catch everything on Hulu. Oh, at nice. least at least you're like one season behind, I think, on Hulu. Is is Vikings still active or has the series ended? I believe it's still active. Uh I think the same for The Last Kingdom. Let's see here. Started in 2013. There's six seasons. It might be over. Or it might be in some delay. No, it's still listed as active. It's just, I think there's been a delay on the season. Yeah. Yeah, same for Last Kingdom. Um, There's currently four seasons, and it's still listed as ongoing. Um, And the way the last season ended there, it definitely sets up for uh, a fifth season. Uh, but I'm looking right now, and as of July, Netflix has not yet officially confirmed the release date for season five. Comic Con 2020, so, they had a season six Vikings official clip. Nice. So I love like... Vikings, so I definitely I highlighted that one as one that I need to check out. Yeah, it's cool. It, and each season evolves, and they make. You know, for better or worse, each season evolves and is a little different than the last. Nice, um, nice. So there's 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 highs and there's lows, uh, but the first season or two are just so good. Um, are there any other Viking shows? Of uh, those were the only two that were on my my list. Um, I'm not not particularly aware of any other ones, but there definitely could be. Of of no is Norseman also on Netflix? Uh, you um, know what? I think I've heard. Of, isn't it like a comedy? I think so. I don't know enough about it, but I do know that one exists. Um, it's either a comedy or some sort of more realistic doc, which are two separate things. Um, so <laughs> I really don't know what what its premise is. And then on and then on Prime they had I think in like 2014 ish it was like called Real Vikings, um, and then I think that <laughs> like was mostly Real Housewives. No Viking it, edition. <laughs> no, it was like it was like in response to the Hollywood dramatized Viking shows that were springing up at the time, such uh, as Last Kingdom and Vikings. Right. Uh, the internet lists uh norseman as a comedy so yep 
then you can believe everything that you read on the internet. Yes, we do. Because of the internet. Yep. But um, let's take a little little detour in the episode because I know that this is right up your alley and something that you probably wanted to talk about. But um, I heard there's a new Assassin's Creed game coming out that actually is about Vikings. You know, yeah. So new new Assassin's Creed game, uh, Valhalla, set in Norse mythology and land. Um, definitely, it's you know, I think I might play this one because I play about every other Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, I like how you're like, I think I'll play this one because I, I I played okay. So I played the first Assassin's Creed. That I played the second one in all its expansions because that was just a different era in gaming altogether. You know, late 2000s. Um, and those games were so good. And then um, I tried three, and that's where I fell off. And then I was hit or miss. And then Origins, which is set in basically the Greek period of ancient Egypt. So good. Game so good. Um, Do you play the pirate one? Black no, flag? No. I did not. Maybe it's worth going back and playing. That was definitely I skipped I skipped a bunch there in the middle because it got too messy and I was just too busy doing other things. But yeah. Origins Origin was like a very good encapsulation of all the things that they were working toward. So it was the next like to me stage in that game's um development. And then Odyssey, which is ancient Greece to me from what i have observed is just origins with more paywalls and um loot boxes oh nice so exactly what everyone wants from every game yeah so i'm skipping that one um but i might i might pop in here for valhalla now i'm gonna plug a, a youtube channel here and it's called shadiversity and it's just it's this dude who is he writes history books kind of i think that's what he does he writes books he's a writer but he has this youtube channel where he does deep dives into medieval architecture medieval everything about medieval like life and he did a like a watch of the trailer for for valhalla and basically he was being you know he's saying like oh leather armor people did not wear leather armor it just wasn't a thing and he has like those kind of, you know, to people who don't know actual historical details like that, it's kind of like a hot take. It's like we talking about like leather armor is a key armor in any game, right? right. You know, so I, I thought that was really interesting. So is um, he just kind of like dumping on the? No, he's not. He's not dumping. He he takes a very kind of like somber okay. look at it. But there are those like triggering points for him. So leather <laughs> armor was a triggering point. Triggered. Um, because he was like, dude, they wore chainmail. Like, it yeah. works. Leather come was on, like get it right, loser. It was hard to come by, and you used it for so many other things that you were not making like leather vests out of it. Um, <laughs> right. But but, but what he's are like, the rogues supposed to wear? Exactly. That's what I was saying the whole time. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. But, like, he's just, like, a super nerd, but, like, his videos are, like, really cool. Like, he did a complete 3D model rendering of Winterfell from Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. As So he took all the material and information about 
this castle from Game of Thrones, but then also fit it into what would be historically accurate from a castle like that and built it in uh, Google SketchUp. And it is insane how much stuff he knows about that <laughs> that stuff. But nice. um, it, it was a cool video. And, I mean, he just has a lot of cool things to say. But I just naturally, for whatever reason, I found that because I watched Valhalla. And then there's a video, you know, of this dude just saying, let me dissect how accurate this is. Um, <laughs> nice. So I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. And to be quite honest, though Valhalla looks really cool. A lot of games uh, look really cool to me and I have like a desire to play them. But then, I mean, you know, I turn on the computer. Yeah, we all know. And my mouse, my mouse it's like magnetically repelled away from steam and somehow always, always lands on league of legends. And no matter how much I hate league of legends and how much stress and like anger and sadness crack edition, you are addicted to that game. Dude. Take the needle out, man. I have not heard a more true statement. (laughs) Like, so accurate. Um, you're, you're, you're stuck in whatever stage of you know, deni- yeah. you know of denial. You so, you're, you're okay. past now. You're like you're in acceptance phase, but you're not leaving acceptance phase. You're yeah, no. Perpetually accepting com- your I'm comfortable here, I guess. <laughs> I like this. Um, so I guess let's take another detour. So completely unrelated to anything this episode's about. When I think about why I. I'm so addicted to League of Legends. Um, like I grew up, you know, in my childhood playing sports all the time. Like I was played baseball all the time. Whenever it wasn't snowing outside, I was trying to play baseball. Um, after high school, uh, when obviously I didn't become a college athlete or a professional baseball player. I did the next natural thing, which was adult softball to get my like competitive juices out. Is it adult male softball though? Yeah, yeah, like slow pitch <laughs> with all the like fat old people. Men only. Uh yeah. Comes yeah. loud. <laughs> um so I did that for several years and then we had kids and then like I mean, I'm 33, so I'm not like that you old. You and your softball team had kids. Yeah, we all we had. It was very awkward. Um, but no. So then, like, I got fat, fatter than I had been, and like now I'm older, but I'm not like super old. So like, people actually know me are gonna be like, "Shut up, you're not that old." Um, but like, so I don't really have time to play softball anymore. Uh, just with like work and kids and and stuff and everything else that's going on in life. And when I do play, like I hurt afterwards because I'm old <laughs> and out of shape. Um. So all that being said, I still have the desire to like compete in things, but like, how do I do that? Well, it's freaking League of Legends. Like, I, I, I don't know. There's just something about that game. I could do like an entire 
separate podcast that is only on League of Legends, which is very sad. But um, yeah, it's just that that's the one thing that scratches that itch. So that's that's the cause. Like I I accept my addiction and I even understand my addiction, but like I cannot beat it. <laughs> so no, sad. I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, tell us your story. I mean, we really want... No, I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> this actually no, that, that... isn't a podcast episode. This is just low-key Nick's super secretive, like, intervention. <laughs> I, I slowly <laughs> just talk our hosts, quote, air quotes, um, <laughs> out of their problems. Yeah. Uh, um, one, day, but... one day Mike will leave us, and he will go on to live a very fulfilling life, uh, addiction-free. Um, <laughs> yeah this is some like truman effect like rehab facility actually um but but actually but let me say something your league is similar to my civ addiction um and i'm not necessarily i'm not addicted to civ like you are to league but when it <laughs> is when it is one you know 1 a.m on a work night and i'm just clicking like the next turn and I could probably do that literally until my son wakes up at like seven in the morning yeah. and my brain would hardly care that it's tired. Um, because I think it's the consistency. You, you basically know exactly what you're getting into yeah. with these games. And there's not a question of like, what do I want to play? What do I feel like playing? Like, no, 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 let's just fix that for you. And, play something i just need to win or lose like i don't even need to play like you know yeah Um, but just one more comment on my crippling addiction i'm a responsible addict i'll let you know functioning addict yeah i i uh, (laughs) i don't miss social events because of my addiction i still go to bed at a reasonable hour um i eat and use the restroom while uh, playing, you know, um, you're not Cartman. <laughs> no, mom. Yeah, mom. <laughs> hot pocket. Um, <laughs> but anyways, all that being said, like I keep seeing things about Valhalla, and I'm like, that looks like such a fun game. I want to play it, but then I'm just like, but I'm not. Like, let's let's just be honest with ourselves here, Mike. I don't know why there's more than one Mike, but um, let's just be honest with ourselves here. Like you're, you'll buy it, and then you'll never open it, because as long as that that big old L icon is sitting there on the desktop, and I have internet access to like go back and re-download and install League of Legends if I were to uninstall it. It's such a great completionist <laughs> game, though, for completionists because there's like definite things for you to check off and complete on the map right and do. yeah so do you have you like looked really looked into valhalla or you know outside of just watching like a trailer or like a little gameplay thing have no i haven't it? i've stayed i've stayed away from it and i typically kind of, yeah. i kind of do that for games a lot of times um oddly enough I'm not sure why i do that for games I maybe keep... i do maybe i do that because i assassin's creed for me is predictable enough where at least game to game i can make a pretty good bet whether or not i'm going to regret it or not so 
Yeah. I knew I would regret Odyssey because I would not have played it fully because I'm technically still working on Origins because there's that much shit to do. Oh, um, yeah. And they still like, support the game. I like so, stuff like that. Yeah, and I even got Origin. No, I got Origins like, yeah, semi-early. But, you know, there's still like an expansion I just got that I haven't finished yet. And then there's another one after that. Mm. So... To me, Origins has probably another in my life events. Probably has another like four years of playtime um, on the table. So I might, I might, you know, pick up Valhalla if it's ever like super cheap and on sale. So nice. I keep uh, seeing things about like a, a village system in in Valhalla, where kind of like Viking Farmville in assassin's creed or something like i don't i haven't like really looked into it so i could be totally misrepresenting what this um so i lied i i did get google did tell me to read this article and i read it um so basically valhalla will take a step back to something that they started to do in like assassin's creed 2 and that's kind of like build up towns and cities and like upgrade buildings is pretty rudimentary um back in like ac2 which i think was like 2010 um so from what i understand um it's going to be what they tried to do then in assassin's creed 3 and it failed really bad and they just stopped so i think it's going to have like a fallout-esque you know build up a town build up your village kind of thing nice to it so that seems exciting and if it's like done right i would really enjoy that because i liked it in fallout uh but fallout kind of missed fallout 4 uh missed a a few key mechanics to me um and how they're like what are they called in fallout 4 like settlements settlements yeah Mm -hmm. um they just didn't really hit home it kind of like left it that mechanic kind of shallow and I kind of was upset at it. Yeah. Well, that sounds cool. Um, you know how else you can get into Assassin's Creed? How? Netflix just announced they're going to do a live action Assassin's Creed series. Oh, snap. Fastbender coming back? Uh, probably not, but there's literally no information about it. They just, I think they just like tweeted, um, something very ominous but it was very clear assassin's creed plus netflix kind of sounds like my resident evil series update from a handful of episodes ago (laughs) (laughs) i know nothing but this it's Um, happening yeah so uh do you have any other games that kind of fall into this period piece uh topic that you would like to talk about while we're on the topic of games i mean i guess you can no, consider got... civ as a maybe i mean like you play through history right yeah so i mean yeah <clears throat> we have to talk enough about games so i can add this to our what's playing playlist <laughs> if you ever want to peep episodes where we talk a decent bit about gaming please visit our what's playing playlist on youtube yeah. um but yeah, so subscribe. I was yeah, subscribe. I was thinking about it and that's tricky because yeah. 
the sieve goes through these different eras you're researching technology i think it's a very macro period piece if you will so yeah. there i i enjoy early game civilization because what you're doing is you are founding new cities you're building roads you're marching very primitive armies and sieging other people's cities so in that aspect you are kind of experiencing a period of civilization um so at a macro level yeah i I think it could be a period piece yeah i kind of struggled with the same thought process in naming some of the shows that i've watched and want to watch about like because i mean if we're just talking about things that take place in like a, a past time period like that's a lot of shows and movies right yeah um but you know we'll get to that later when we go like i don't know if you have like a list of shows but i have like a huge list of shows that we can kind of like touch on we don't have to spend a ton of time on but i would say as far as as games go um like new world is very exciting for me and i we don't have to talk at all about new world because we have actually an entire episode talking about new world um, and it's not actually out yet, so there's not much to update on from our last episode. But that game gives off strong period piece vibes, and I think that's one of the main reasons why I enjoyed our little um, preview playtime, uh, you know, months ago. And I guess that's kind of why I'm looking forward to it so much. You know, hopefully it releases uh, the in this scheduled release date. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that might be one of the only games that might be able to pull the needle out of my arm, actually. Well, I mean, that, that that's an interesting concept, uh, New World, and really kind of adds to that list, as you, as you said about, you know, what is a period piece? So I'm going to correlate New World as kind of like a fantasy fiction period piece mm-hmm. um because it's set in like the 18 1700s but there is you know people of that time went to this place this new world which is very magical and um fantasy like so pe- strong period piece elements but with a very heavy dose of fantasy what also does that on the show front would be that net or the Amazon Prime with Orlando yes, Bloom. I'm so glad that you made that correlation because literally the the clickety clacketing that you probably heard as Nick was talking was me literally adding Carnival Row to my list. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, Carnival <laughs> Row, and to me that's a period piece. Yeah, completely, same. completely not in a real period of time, but somehow it is a fantasy period piece set in yeah. this this steampunkish. 1800 world yeah i think um if you like well like even when i read the definition which i have since changed that browser's contents so i can't reread it very quickly but like it doesn't really say anything about like actually being historic in nature you know it's just that it took takes place in a period of time that is somewhat in the past and then is reflected that way via like set and costume design and things like that so i i think in 
the example of Carnival Row, the fact that it's completely fantasy, but appears to take place in like a a past time, you know? Yeah, 1850. Like, totally, sure. totally would count as a period piece in my book. Yeah. Um, and if you've never seen Carnival Row, it's on Prime and it is super good. Super good. And I mean, I think to me, so while that period piece criteria is just immense, right, and broad, I think what refines it for me is when they spend that time to world build and there's things that focus on that world building. To me, that is what separates the good ones from the bad ones and ultimately what I care about when it comes to these things. Yeah, so um, just looking at my list here, I have two on my list that I actually kind of debated on whether or not I should include or not, but I think they fall into that category that you're just talking about right there where they like really lean into the period part of the piece, you know, like the, the world building and the the props and the sets and the costume design and all that stuff. Um, One would be mind hunter on Netflix, which we've kind of briefly talked about in other episodes. Um, but I mean, like, I feel like it nails the 70s, you know, uh, even though it's more of like a crime drama type deal. Like, I, I think it has elements of period piece stuff in it, don't you think? No, yeah, for sure. And we touched on that in, um, I think, in our top three episode. Yeah, I think that was the one. Because, you know, naturally we all had some strong period piece references in there. Um, and <laughs> yeah. like I said, Narcos is an excellent period piece example where they just nail the eighties and the world of drug traffickers. And you know what, dude, you're just like nailing all my transitions for me. This is amazing because the other show that I had, um, is stranger things. Hmm. Yeah, 80s, heavy 80s. They brought, they they either capitalized on some deep YouTube, um, like, 80s synthwave, or they, or they started it. I don't know which happened first. No, they, uh, synthwave and vaporwave has been going on for quite some time, but I think they just, like, brought it into the mainstream. Yeah, well, not that they, yeah, not that they they invented those, but yeah, they definitely made the '80s like <clears throat> tempos return. Yeah, because now um, you find that in like popular music right now. Yeah, um, that that is the like literally the reason of me discovering vapor wave and synth wave and chill wave and all that stuff. Literally, was listening to the Stranger Things soundtrack from you know the first season, and then just letting the the youtube take me down the rabbit hole you know and then all of a sudden i'm in like some like super obscure like vaporwave artist playlist or whatever um but like yeah even though stranger things is like a horror show it's very much a period piece in my mind because it's like literally oozing 80s out of your tv speakers you know right and you know, and I mean, that's the whole thing to like, 
say about like music, especially music and shows and games. I mean, that that obviously brings people strongly to a, a certain period. So what really puts you in that 80s period for Stranger Things is a lot of the music. Obviously how they yeah. dress and all that stuff, the cars, blah, blah, blah. But the music does a lot of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's totally an underrated and often overlooked aspect to film. Um, like, as a musician myself, I pay attention a lot to... Uh, you know the composition of the score and like mm. when you know You're certain sounds and musics like are happening in the the scenes and like how they're used for transitions and like how they're used to elicit certain feelings and add tension and create relief and so like that's a huge thing i lo- i love to pay attention to and when uh, a creator is able to nail that aspect of the small details it just like elevates the show or movie or series whatever it is to like a whole new level well thank you for setting up a transition period for one of my points um eat so this is a larger theme that we could cover but it might be a little too big for this episode but a very good period piece movie would be Troy. I think most people have seen Troy. Uh Brad Pitt, Orlando Bloom, um a bunch of other people. But specifically to the score of that movie, so there is the theatrical release which had an amazing score to it, right? Um all, you know, the fights particularly like the fight where Hector uh duels Achilles incredible. But me being a <clears throat> super nerd of that movie, I have like some Blu-ray deluxe edition of it. There is a version of the movie with a completely different score to mm-hmm. it. And when you watch it with a different score, it is the same movie, but it is much different just That's with the score cool. alone. Cause like you're watching these scenes and you're listening to this different score and it, it's, it's a different experience very much so music is such a powerful tool to make you feel certain things that right um it makes me sad when even the creators themselves like overlook that that tool that they have in their belt you know Um, right but man holy cow could you imagine those transitions so good we we don't talk about anything that we talk about on the the podcast uh, when we record prior to recording. So, man, that's so chemistry, bro. Just the natural flow of things. That's right. Um, awkward transition. No. Um, yeah. So, do you do you have lists of shows that you wanted to talk about or anything? Um. Yeah, I do have. I do have a list of shows. Um. Actually, two lists at this point. Okay. We basically we covered my we covered um, my first list, which was the Viking and uh, Assassin's Creed topics. Okay. Um, which we we pretty thoroughly covered. Though I do want to add a few things with the Assassin's Creed. Um, and another reason why you should play it because it it in itself is a great period piece game because they spend so much time detailing the period it's set in and 
Assassin's Creed Origins specifically that's set in um, the Greek period of uh, Egypt, which is like the Ptolemy period. Um, it has a like a playthrough of that game where it's history only because some like museums and actual Egypt historians verified how accurate that game is to the actual setting that it's placed in to like the layout of the cities to the way things look to what people are wearing so it's kind of like a museum by itself wow. that, that game that's pretty cool yeah and it's like certified um like historical accurate within like certain degrees so i i, I hope i don't think i don't think I don't think Valhalla is going to be like that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but they spent a lot of time on Origins because it was like the next. It was setting up the next tier of their of the whole Assassin's Creed ethos. Nice, almost like a reset. But um, I think oh Nightfall. I think I mentioned uh, that before. That's on my list. Good. Yes. Uh, so you'll be disappointed to know that I've only seen the first season. You know, that's fine. I mean, to me, that's... I mean, you should watch second season because Mark Hamill shows up and he's this badass. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Um, My guy. But that's like a nice casual watch. I wouldn't say you're missing anything if you're not finishing the series, but it's worth watching, if that makes any sense. It does. I I really enjoyed the first season. Um, It just got buried in the, the backlog. Right. I I would I would never say like, hey, you have to watch that amongst your list without seeing your list, because I know there's probably better stuff on your list that you should need to watch. Um, but definitely keep it there. And if it okay. ever kind of if, if it ever pops up, you know, keep working through that. So maybe uh, it might it might be a good idea as we go through our list and the remaining shows on our list. If we give like a short synopsis of the show, like we don't have to like go go in hard and like do a deep dive on the show but maybe <clears throat> just for the listeners um because i know that you and i obviously talk about this stuff all the time outside the podcast so like shows that i might not have particularly seen yet that you might bring up or vice versa like we've heard each other t- tell each other about them so we have like a general idea of what they're about but um yeah let's let's uh you know give our listeners a little heads up and you know hopefully they'll go check it out and watch it themselves they got google they can do it themselves (laughs) true we got two hours to hit though we're gonna hit it (laughs) um but yeah so nightfall is on netflix that's another history show channel right yes sir it's an original history Okay, okay, nice, nice. I have a show on my list from a super random channel that you would never expect a show to come from, and it's actually really good. Um, But yeah, so the story of Nightfall, uh, we're just following um, the Templar Knights and their pursuit of the Holy Grail that was lost in an attack on a city, correct? I believe I'm remembering the first season correctly. Yeah, they, they, you know, the first season really kind of starts with. a flashback in hindsight that is the Templars and one of the last crusades and they lose the city of 
Jerusalem and then it's like flash forward 20 years they're kind of just became these very wealthy banker warriors because they're just filthy rich and that's just kind of what they do they lend people money and i think they were like one of the first big banking organizations which lends itself to the whole um not conspiracy that might be conspiracy theory but like the idea that the knight templar has evolved to like kind of like the new world order they pull the strings they control the money but that's like a whole different topic altogether (laughs) um but yeah it, it follows you know this particular templar who you know he's made some bad decisions he makes bad decisions he's not the most um model version of a templar <laughs> not but... the most templar of knights no but but to me that character is very realistic because he isn't by the book by the rules um a model templar but his intentions are incredibly good to the point where he is more christ-like than a by the book templar might be right and and less corrupt when it comes to like the core that he is Um, right right so they do a good job i think at you know digging into rituals and different practices that they they lived by um all while kind of like you know doing the you know glorified combat and the crazy kind of drama interweaved into there yeah I I really enjoyed the combat scenes in Nightfall and particularly uh, Back to the Last Kingdom. Uh, just like the battles are so cool and it they're so interesting because um, more particularly in the Last Kingdom, just because like that whole show is about just like a giant war. So there's a lot of battles and stuff. Uh, just the way that their battles took place is just like mind blowing. Like they, they literally just like stand with their shields right across the field from each other. Like they meet in a field and they're like standing a football field away from each other, just staring at each other. And then they're just like, all right, we're doing this. And then they just kind of like run into each other. And then a bunch of people die or like the, the shield walls and like some of the tactics that they do and like the, the pincer moves where like they secretly had like 15 guys hide in the woods. So they're just trying to get the other army to like charge them. So the people can go behind them and like entrap them. It's just like such a stark difference from, you know, modern day combat or like, you know, modern day movies where you're just seeing, you know, gun battles and stuff. Hey, if you're interested in uh, combat period pieces, you should just play Total War. Um, because <laughs> it has all that in it. Um, True. But no, I mean, I think the same thing. I think especially when I watch medieval and Viking stuff, because, you know, that was at a, you know, coming out of the Dark Ages or in the Dark Ages where the greatness of Rome had fallen and the the days of, you know, tens of thousands of men lined up in very organized equipped armies and marching right you know think roman think right. greek kind of wars um you know that had all dissipated and we're talking bands and militias of you know 
50 guys that happen to have some shields and some swords and we're yeah. gonna be like hey you know fuck those guys and we're gonna go over there and we're gonna we're gonna go rough them up and yeah, they have and they happen to show up at the field at the same time and they're like all right we're doing this like you said and yeah. you know it's just a it's just a, it's a mess it's not organized yeah. and then you can try to be organized but I mean, how organized can you be with just like staring at basically certain death like knowing that like well any minute now we're just gonna kind of run at each other until it's just, it's just <laughs> either like, someone runs away or everyone's you know gone yeah it's so weird because like that is glorified in these period pieces but that would be so heavily criticized today if you know some popular dude in your town was just like he was he was just, <laughs> he was just talking that shit and all everyone in town was like yeah this guy whatever he does that's what we're doing so if, <laughs> if he's like yeah the next town over fuck those guys we are gonna go mess them up and everyone's just like yeah i know you you're my neighbor but i am i'm shooting your ass or i'm gonna you know what i mean yeah. it's just it's just crazy how you know people's people's uh social structures worked then for that kind of that event to occur yeah it is pretty crazy um i just started a show last night called barbarians which i had heard of before you happened to mention it um but you like reminded me of it uh it's a netflix show i've only i only watched one episode last night so i don't so happy you mentioned this yeah, I, I don't have like a great synopsis of it, but basically from what I gathered, also it's a foreign show, so I can't read and so I have to have the English sub like dubbed, you know? Uh Barbarian not... Wait, Barbarians on Netflix? Yes. Is has it's subbed? Or... Yes, I believe so. Oh, I believe wow. it's like a I wanna say it's a German show, but I could be uh, incorrect. Wait a second. Um, okay, wait, 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 pause. So this is on my list. And I have some things to say about it, but I'm very intrigued by what you're saying. So did you get the vibe that it is a foreign show and therefore they are speaking the language of that modern day country? Or I do know it is set in ancient Germany. So are they going that hard on the period piece that they are speaking the literal language of the time? I have no clue because I with the English dubs. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah german show and they uh so basically what happened in the first episode you know i don't want to i'm not gonna give away giant you know spoiler alerts but spoiler uh, basically it sets up the the thing where there's separate tribes of like nomadic villages that aren't really allies uh but they have like a, a peace treaty among them you know so they're like living with each other kind of deal tolerating each other uh but also like rome is a thing and they did have a deal with rome where they just kind of got left alone and and allowed to live their lives the way that they normally do but uh a new leader of rome took power so the roman you know representatives and a small roman army comes to one of the tribes and is like, hey, uh, we need tribute, and it's like this much now. And they kind of get mad, and they're like, yo, what the heck? We had this, like, deal. Like, we can't give you all that because we don't even have that, you know? 
And so it appears to be like a conflict of these barbarians, you know, these nomadic tribes banding together to, uh, you know, combat the Roman Empire. Uh, but it 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 has has promise, I think. The first episode is pretty good. Um, it looks nice, like visually, it's a a, a nice looking show. Um, and if you're like me and you can't read, the English dub's not that bad. It wasn't super distracting, so, um, yeah, I'll probably finish it. No, I mean, I definitely have that on my list to watch. Um, I know some people that have watched it, and they do have some criticisms of it, uh, but this is coming from kind of a group of people that, like me, might be a little too critical <laughs> on these things because uh what nef- i mean what this is going to be for me is like another attempt at the need for a good roman period piece mm. because the roman period pieces surprisingly while not having seen many of them but just based on how many of them came out that was kind of like a thing in the 50s and 60s was roman time movies And there's a ton of them that are apparently very good and very well thought of um, that just don't happen anymore. Um, And if there is any kind of Roman Roman time period covered, it isn't directly about the Romans. It's either about the barbarians, um, England, Spartacus particularly, just covered kind of like the gladiators and the slaves. So the Romans are always kind of like the bad guys, more or yeah. less. This is um, another one of those. Yeah, exactly. And that's it makes me sad. And because I really like Roman. It would be things. really cool to to get a story from the other perspective, right? From the other the other side of the, the phone, so to speak, you know, where the Romans are portrayed as the the normal people right and and somebody else is the villain yeah i mean i think they fall victim to being one of the largest and most successful empires ever and i mean the united states might fall into this role in like 100 years and we're just going to be demonized for the greatness (laughs) we were (laughs) yeah (laughs) for the the greatness that it is um Because, you know, Rome, I think, you know, Rome was just, it it hit all the bases. It was everywhere. You know, they were bound to be the bad guys to somebody. I mean, they crucified Christ. Um, So right there, they have a big knock against them across the board. I mean, you could say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, you know, hey, if you're going to, like, kill the Son of God, I mean, that might be, you know, maybe going a little overboard. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. So so I think there's just like a lot of modern day ways of thinking that just kind of easily paint them in kind of the role similar to the Nazis where they are just kind of the background bad guys of the time. And everyone wants to tell the story of the underdog during that period. Yeah. So when I when I started talking about barbarians, let's get back to that one question that you asked about the language. Why don't you like expand upon that because i think that's a very interesting um question so 
whether or not it's native or if they just went that deep into the period piece. Yeah, like, so you're asking if, like, so it's a, a German show from what I can tell. You're asking, are they just speaking German? Are they, like, speaking the language of, you know, yeah, so 1692 I mean, or whatever year this took place in. It, it's cool that it um, it's a German show because they happen to be in Germany. So I would say like Narcos, where they put a strong emphasis on the speak Spanish when they are Spanish-speaking people mm-hmm. or Portuguese, whatever it might be, because they do cover some of that too. They make it a point in the show to show that language barrier. So, I mean, I think if that were the case, the Germans would be the barbarians would be speaking German and the Romans would be speaking like Latin. So they might not be going for that. And it might just simply be. Yeah. So they do, uh, the Romans do call the barbarians like Germanians. So there you go. Confirming that again. And just yeah. kind of recalled that. But, um, uh, one thing that's interesting watching it with the English dubs is. So the, the Romans, obviously, speak a different language than the barbarians but as i'm watching it the barbarians are speaking english and then when the romans speak not the language that the barbarians are speaking they're speaking like it's subtitled you know yeah and like uh-huh. not in english so it's like it's like this weird uh like inception type layering where i'm like oh this is so weird no i love that i mean it's a hard thing to do and it's just it's not necessary, but I like it when shows do that. And I love Narcos for that reason is yeah. because they just like music or whatever an important detail is. The fact that they get the languages straight is really, it really sets you in that, in that place. So I might watch it completely. I might watch it dubbed because that might make me want to watch it dubbed. If the barbarians are speaking English, but they, but they sub the, Romans yeah, they, they subtitle cool. the Romans when they that's, speak. Yeah. Yeah. So they're making it a point to say these people are speaking different languages. Yeah. And yeah, that's important. Sure. It sucks um, when everyone just speaks English. Right. Yeah. It's just another one of those small details that, you know, shows that the creators are putting an emphasis on everything, you know? Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I have a, I have a prediction, not knowing too much about this show, but it might be an anthology. Oh, you think so? Yeah, because they, cause if they just named it Barbarians, there were lots of different barbarian groups against the Romans. Hmm. Um, that would definitely be interesting. Yeah, from, I don't know anything about this show other than what I saw in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, so I can't say either way, but that would definitely be interesting because another thing that we love, aside mm-hmm. from period pieces, are anthologies. An anthology period piece? Oh my gosh. Up. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I'm interested to see where this show goes. Uh, like I said, it's on Netflix and it just came out in 2020. So there's only one season. Um, another. So now I'm going to go watch that instead of the boys. Good job. No, what have I done? Um, yeah. So do you mind if I just rattle off some other shows on my list or do you have, uh, anything from your list that you'd like to. Um, do you have any more Roman ones? Roman ones. In that time period. No, there is a show on what I want to watch, uh, but haven't yet. 
called La Revolution, which came out this year. I looked last night. There, there is a season on Netflix. Um, but uh, again, this is another show I know absolutely nothing about. I saw a trailer, and I don't even think I saw the trailer with audio. I just like watched the tra- the trailer silently. But it's a French show, so even if I did have the audio, I wouldn't understand, and I don't know how to read. So, um, but it's. I mean, not exactly during that same time period, but it's like somewhat, you know, close in vibe, I think, to like barbarians, but obviously French Revolution. Um, Yeah, aside from that, all the other ones kind of go in different directions. But I think I showed you or linked you the trailer to the show the other day. Um, Do you recall it at all or have you heard of this show? Which one? La Revolution. No, I've seen it. I've seen. It's not Netflix, is it? Or is yeah. it? Yeah, it yeah. Is. I've seen. I, I actually think I have it on my watch list. Oh, speaking of, uh, I created a, a new profile on Netflix for those of you that listened last week. Beck. So, um, yeah, I told Becca she's not allowed to use it, and. Yeah, so I'm going to start like adding all these shows that we're talking about to my list and give them thumbs up. Get see, it. See what the algo does. Um, but yeah, this this show looks very uh like visually pleasing and like cinematic and it just it, it it has that feel from the visuals that like this is probably like barring anything crazy like I don't see how this show could be bad. Yeah, and that's and that's another factor that's important for me for period pieces is I like them to be accurate, but I also don't want them to be a documentary. So I want them to have that Hollywood glaze on them, but while yeah. being accurate too. I, I hate to say, you know, that's kind of like gotta have the kid. shinies. Yeah, you got. You got I want it to look good. I want. I want it to look good, but I want it to also be somewhat accurate. Um, yeah. And sometimes I, I feel like that's a hard thing for people to strike. Yeah. But uh, maybe they manage to do it sometimes, especially in movies. But, you know, there's always those people that make YouTube videos. Yikes. That, you know, are like, oh, this is completely wrong. Inaccurate. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Uh, do you have another one that's uh, Roman-esque? Um. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna put this one out because it's a uh, kind of recent news and it ties into my love for Assassin's Creed Origins. So the same period that that game is set in, which is also the Cleopatra time period, and she's actually in the game. Um, Gal Gadot, I think. Oh, old Wonder Woman. She, yeah, Wonder Woman has been cast to play Cleopatra in an upcoming movie. Um, I think I I had seen something about outrage over that. People were upset that they were that <laughs> it was some Hollywood whitewashing, but then people countered and were like, "Well, no, dummies, she's Israeli, and yeah. is, that's more accurate than not." But then they were like, "Er, you should have someone from like Egypt." But then they were like, "Well, Cleopatra was like part Greek too." Um, so that's just like a really stupid argument. I think that's some like... people, I think some people jumped the gun. And then now they're everyone's just too far down the rabbit hole on yeah, that, where it's like, just it's just yeah. stupid, yeah. But it's like, at what point, like, I mean, it's acting, 
right? You're pretending to be somebody you're not, not to go right. down a whole other rabbit trail. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, she doesn't really look like a white person, you know, like for as not to, I don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but well, I, I'll say one last thing. Like if you're going to say like, that movie is whitewashed, like, I mean, she doesn't look like she is like a hundred percent Caucasian, you know? Well, yeah, she's not, she's not a hundred percent American Hollywood. Right. Like Um, there are plenty of other people where if they were cast as Cleopatra, I'd be like, okay, I kind of see your point, but like her. Well, you know, because that rabbit trail has that rabbit hole has gone so deep to where someone there was an article where it was like technically archaeologically speaking she resembles cleopatra a lot so (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's that aspect of it like when you're talking about like lining up people who look like people right if she happens to look and have features and fit the role because cleopatra for her time was supposed to be you know if you if they're going for like a more legend type thing or like the you know the myth of cleopatra you know she's the most beautiful woman at the time um so it would be very fitting to have a very beautiful woman to play her of modern time so right. i think people just lost their you know they just tried too hard to jump on something <laughs> and it's just it's just a mess but yeah that's coming out so is that um, a movie or a show? It's a movie. Okay, I was going to say, I would be surprised if Gal was in a show. Yeah, I would agree. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I guess, and then, like, staying on a somewhat similar path and just moving our way east. <laughs> um, uh, Marco Polo is a show that is on my, I haven't watched, but, well, I mean, I guess, technically I've seen a handful of episodes, but for whatever reason stopped. Uh, but I remember it being somewhat of an interesting show. Uh, so I hope maybe someday to go back to it. But um, that, did you ever watch Marco Polo or do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I watched the first three episodes when it first came out. It didn't stick and it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. So it never like... I never finished it. It's still on my watch list, like way deep on the Netflix watch list. Right. Um, but I don't know if I'll ever get to it. And plus I think it was canceled like at two or. Yeah. Three. It didn't have very many seasons, um, but that's pretty much what happened with mine, but maybe someday I'll return to it. Um, yeah. Uh, that Now my shows start to kind of like get a little more modern um, as modern as you can be for a period piece. Um, but before I rattle off some other shows, did did you have any that was somewhat related to what we were talking about? Uh, no, I think that about like kind of covers that zone. All right. So at the start, we kind of I kind of mentioned about uh, my fascination with the fur trading era. Mm, yes. So there's there's a handful of shows there. Um, I'll start with probably my, I I don't want to say least favorite, but I guess technically it would be my least favorite, but I still actually really enjoyed it a ton. Um, 
it's called Taboo, and it's on Hulu. I believe it was an FX show. It's only one season, which is kind of sad, um, but it, it stars Tom Hardy. And um, yes, I wanted to watch that. Is completely it, forgot about it. It's good. It's really good, and it's it's kind of like his characters so out there. Um, but I I really enjoy Tom Hardy, and this was a really good Tom Hardy character, if if that makes sense. Um, but it it kind of involves I don't know if it necessarily exactly involves fur trading, but it it involves you know his dad owned a a ship trading kind of like an a, le, a legitimate ship for a trading company uh and he i think was was in like the british army or english army or whatever um tom hardy's character and like he did some heinous thing in like africa at some trading post and it's like a lot of a lot of drama and he like comes back to the town where his dad you know lived because his dad died and like he like tries to r- assume the the trading company and et cetera et cetera uh but it's like super interesting story and just the they they nail the world which i i know you'll really appreciate so important yeah i completely forgot about that maybe uh, i think i have a growing list of hulu things i need to watch i'm telling you man hulu is like low-key pretty awesome i used to not like hulu at all um but um honestly fx kind of puts out a ton of really good shows recently and fx is on hulu a lot uh, so a lot of the stuff are shows from FX that I've enjoyed, but like they have AMC shows, they have stars. I, I think the thing that doesn't help Hulu for me is they did an update like last year or something, and their UI is just ass. Yeah, in not, my mind. not good. It's not good. It's probably the worst. It's like overdone and it's bad, and that doesn't help. And no. then I think somewhere in their original branding and how their algorithm works, it just recommends like crap. Yeah. And maybe I need to make a new profile and just like a bunch of the stuff I want to watch. So it actually gives me stuff. Yeah. One thing that I've, I've done is like, I don't, I think I found taboo honestly from a recommendation from the algorithm, but like you can browse uh, like TV channels and uh, mm. like shows and movies oh, okay. from yeah, yeah. TV channels, like like FX has a section, and like FXX has a section because there's like 15 variations of FX. Um, but like Fox and like CBS and NBC, like they all have their little categories, and you can like peruse the shows and movies and stuff that are uploaded on Hulu from those channels. Um, but yeah, the algorithm, you're right, and the UI is not great. Um, but if you can find, if you can like sift through different categories and stuff, you can find some really good stuff on there. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, when Handmaid's Tale comes on back online. <laughs> that That is always your, you're like, you're oh, gotta have Hulu a, time, Handmaid's Tale's back. 
Yeah, I gotta have a solid reason to show back up in there. All right, well, hey, let me give you a few more because a lot of my list are Hulu shows. Um, so we've talked about the terror a lot, which you need to finish. I feel like a broken record. I feel like I don't watch any shows. Yeah, I feel like maybe, maybe I picked a bad person to do this podcast with. Feelings mutual. All right. Well, thank you for listening to uh, Show Boys. Apparently, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is our final. So thank you. Goodbye. Yep. Uh, but still sub. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll rattle off some Hulu shows. Uh, Eleven twenty two sixty three, Hulu original, uh, is interesting. I guess you could call it a period piece, uh, but it also involves time travel. Uh, and the JFK assassination. So super interesting. Uh, a lot of time is spent, obviously, in the you know years leading up to the the assassination ugh, assassination of JFK. Uh, very interesting. James Franco's in it. It's pretty good. One season. Oh. That's all it is. It's like a little mini series. Uh, good show. Hulu. You should watch it. The Terror. We talked about before. Season one is amazing. Season two, not so much. Uh, anthology uh, type series. The first season, we follow an Arctic expedition of the British Navy trying to find, um, I forget exactly what pass, but a passageway through the Arctic for a trade route to Asia, I believe, and a bunch of craziness ensues. Season two is set during World War II. You follow a Japanese family as they're in an internment camp and a spooky Japanese uh, like demon spirit thing haunts the main character. Kind of an interesting story, but nowhere near as strong as the first season. Um, another Hulu original that I guess you could loosely consider a period piece is called reprisal and it's one season so far um but it kind of gives off a a very like 50s ish hot rod vibe i don't know if that makes any sense but kind of like uh maybe like a like a grease vibe you know yeah american Um, graffiti would be a good reference you follow a uh, a woman in her quest for revenge uh, against her brother, and basically her brother is the leader of of some gang that uh, what are they called? I can't recall what they're called off the top of my head, but they all drive like really cool old school like fifties type cars, and they dress in like you know your leather jacket and your like white shirt with like a cigarette pack rolled up in the sleeve. They never really like say when the show is set and like they just kind of like don't talk about it so like i don't know when it's set but it's got a really cool aesthetic and and vibe to it but uh basically this hot rod gang is like at war with a motorcycle gang it's it's really interesting only one season that sounds unique it's it's very interesting to say the least uh, and then the 
I have two more from Hulu, but uh, I'll just talk about one for now and give you a chance to kind of respond to everything I've just vomited on you. But the show that I was talking about that comes from a very unsuspecting channel is called Barkskins. It's on Hulu, and it actually is a, a show from the National Geographic channel. Mm. Sounds really weird uh, because Barkskins is like a legit drama and like doesn't look like your typical National Geographic or like history channel type dramatization of a, of a story or something. Um, it's really good and really interesting. Apparently it's based off a book, uh, but it takes place during the fur trading times. Uh, you kind of, uh, it's set in a French village and you follow a couple of French characters and then a character from the Hudson's Bay company who's like investigating uh, a murder or a missing person from the Hudson's Bay company. And then obviously you have your um, native American tribes in the area that are like, you know, fighting and killing the French people and the Hudson's Bay people and stuff. It's, it's very interesting one season. I don't know if they, are there are any plans for a second season or anything, but it's uh, super interesting and fits right in that like fur trading era. But that's a, that's a strong uh, affinity you have for that time period. There's something about um, the American wilderness you like then. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I think it's like old enough to be really fascinating, but like also like, somewhat kind of recent like in terms of like history on a grand scale you know Mm -hmm. but yeah and and just the whole like i guess back to the the undeveloped you know things i was talking about where like they're pioneering a, a new land to them you know a lot of discovery and stuff like that but like new world like exactly like New World, um, but yeah, like, uh, are, are you into the fur trading? Sounds so re- that was a really weird question. <laughs> are you are you into fur trading? Yeah, you know, I really want to start trading furs. Um, yeah, I think it's looked down upon these days. Um, no, so basically. I'm I'm always stuck in Roman times, Greek times, kind of that um pre pre uh pre medieval times, like up to medieval times and into medieval times. So I think I have like a growing list of shows that I do want to watch that are kind of 16, 17, 1800s based. So obviously the fur trading shows I want to watch some of those that La Re- Revolution one you mentioned. Um, one I have on Netflix is called Turn, uh, uh, Washington Spies. I'm pretty sure it's a series. I don't think it's like a dramatized documentary, but like 
that period of like American Revolution and the New World, things like that, I do want to get into. But I think I'm so caught up in this other time period that I'm saving that for some point where I just kind of dive into it. Right. So what did you say that was called? Turn? Turn. Interesting. I'll add that to my list. Yeah, um, Turn, Washington Spies. Uh, wow. First episode, 2014. AMC is the network. Oh, AMC has a lot of good shows. I enjoy yeah. AMC shows. Um, The Terror is an AMC show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I guess your your Roman time is my fur trading time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that medieval, and then like stepping back into Greek times, and that's why uh, that anime you recommended the other day. Oh yeah, has that come out? The yet? blood of the blood of Zeus. Yeah, it came out on Tuesday, and my Netflix has just been harassing me to watch it. Um, <laughs> Nice, I'll have to give it a shot, because I, I remember you know, wanting to give it a shot. Yeah, man, yeah. you know, if you just keep, if you keep putting off stuff, you know, waiting, uh, you know, just another Roman or medieval or Greek show is going to come out, and you're just never going to, never going to venture into these new lands. Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah, and then, but it, but the other thing about those is like there's always like much better movies when it comes to Roman times, which is mm, yeah. nice. But a good series is just so much better, especially these days with the yeah. budgets and how they go about them. And rip movie theaters for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you ever watched uh, Frontier on Netflix? Speaking that, of fur trading, that's the one that I did start. Is that the one with uh, Aquaman? Yes, our good yep. friend Jason Momoa. Yeah, I hope he's on the show sometime. But yeah, hey, maybe someday. If you're listening, Jason, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, that's the one I started watching, and I, I think I got like two or three episodes in. I think I tried to watch it with Aaron, and it just didn't like click mm. as a as a as a couple watch. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got some pretty brutal parts in it for sure. It's not even that I think. It was too far, like, down the, you know, she just grabbed me on her phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little too uh, too far into the uh, the old niche there. Um, yeah, that, that that's, I mean, I'm sure Frontier is probably one of the more popular shows probably on our, our list tonight, I would think. Is that still airing? Yes, I believe so but I could also be wrong, so let me Google it. Jason's just low-key doing a, a show <laughs> for like 10 yeah, seasons. Like, it's like, I'm definitely not coming on now. Um, no, it's only three seasons. Okay, that's that's doable. Could finish that. But it also says November 2016 to present, so... Uh-oh. Oh, yep. <laughs> I keep <laughs> every time I say something, I find something that contradicts what I just said. <laughs> I see a headline here, which I'd be no a great idea. reporter. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, I don't, I, I can't validate this at the moment, but the headline at least says Netflix canceled front, Frontier Season 4. Um, Must be true. No official announcements regarding the un- upcoming season. The production team is remaining reserved and modest. Netflix has planned to cancel the next series, which I'm assuming they meant season of Frontier. This goes into to support Cody's theory that Netflix just cancels things after three seasons. Yeah, but I can't trust this because they can't even type their words correctly. Uh, that um, sucks when you find those. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe it's done, maybe it's not. But the three seasons that are on Netflix are actually really good, so you should watch them if you haven't already. All right. That one. That one's the boys, an interesting. The boys keeps falling. Yeah. Um. It's pretty interesting show, though, because uh, instead of instead of following your like colonizers, I guess uh, this one Jason plays. <laughs> we're on a first name basis now, by the way. Uh, my friend, my good friend Jason, he plays uh, a character called Declan Harp, and he's half Irish and half Cree, so he's like you know half native and half colonizer, I guess, is the best word I can think of. Um, it's already happening. We're telling the stories of not the the colonizing Americans or Europeans. Yeah, We're telling so, some, some story of some fur trader. Uh, it begins. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because um, it definitely paints the Hudson's Bay Company uh, and... You know the the colonizers in a bad light, obviously, um, as they're coming over here and you know taking the basically ripping the fur trade along with the land from the natives. You know, right? Uh, so it's it's very interesting. It has a lot of really cool like fight scenes and stuff. And so at some points, it's pretty brutal, but it's a very interesting story. Nonetheless, you should definitely finish it. And it, for those of you that haven't seen it at all, you should check it out. I'll have to restart it. Yeah. Because that was probably 2016 when I watched the like first two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I hate it when that happens. Um, that leaves one final show on my list of, of shows that I've watched. So, do you have anything you'd like to add before I get into this one? I do not. Okay. So, a while back when we were on Assassin's Creed, we talked about Black Flag. I shouldn't say we talked about Black Black Flag. I asked you if you've played it, and you said no. And it kind of made me sad, because it's about pirates. And I kind of love pirates. And um, Hulu, again, coming up clutch has a great show about pirates called Black Sails. Um, It is completed. It's over. And I want to say this show actually was uh, a stars show, I think. That would make sense. Yeah, it's it's a stars TV series. Um, But it's it's a very, very, very interesting story about pirates um it's actually 
Ooh, I don't know if I want to say that because when I found out uh, through through the story, kind of, it was it kind of made me happy. But it, it's a prequel to a somewhat well knownish pirate treasure story, um, and it, it's a very interesting take on said story. Uh, but basically, you call you follow uh, Captain Flint. And his um, piracy um, adventures, uh, it takes place a lot in the, the Caribbean. Um, man, for the life of me, I can't remember what the, uh, what the city or island was called. Um, but basically, Captain Flint was a part of the British Navy who was sent to this island uh, that was controlled by the English um, as like a trading post to kind of like get the pirate problem in check and then kind of got screwed over by his, uh, you know, um, superiors and actually became a pirate himself. And it's super interesting. It, it contains, uh, again, I don't want to like spoil anything, but there are some cool like piratey characters that you probably know of in the show and it's like pretty awesome pretty brutal at points uh the the sailing scenes and like the the open water stuff is super cool um they have times where they're like sailing up to the carolinas and stuff so that's that's a pretty cool aspect um but, you know, it is a star show, so, like, the first season is littered with just unnecessary, like, boobs everywhere for, like, no reason. Which, pirate not really, boobs. like, I mean, it's fitting, I guess, for a pirate show, I guess. I'm not yeah, a pirate, so I couldn't tell, but, like... It's historically accurate. Yeah. There. But, I mean, like, I mean... I don't know. It's a lot of it. It was just like, oh, okay, I get it. It's a star show. They uh, must have like you know a a quota of boob scenes that they have to get in every episode. But after the first season, that part kind of like goes away. So always happens like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, we gotta maybe if we just put a lot of boobs in it, a lot of people will watch it. Like, <laughs> I think it hooks a certain demographic of watch viewers. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's totally unnecessary because the story and like other content of the show is very strong and I feel like it doesn't need that, you know, as a gimmick or whatever to get viewers. Um, but yeah, once you activate your Hulu account again, this should creep up to the top of your list because this is, was a really good show. You know, there's always time for, um, a good pirate show or movie so i might have to do that one sooner than later yeah i like when we went on vacation to the outer banks um is that why you go there you just pretend you're yes, a pirate the whole time exactly nailed it um but no they uh talk about um i think it's hatteras island or manteo or whatever uh but those are relatively close to the place we stay maybe like Booty a 30, Bay. 30 minute drive from where we typically stay when we go on vacation. And I was just like this year kind of, we didn't really do too much obviously because COVID. So we just kind of like 
hung out at the beach and stuff. Um, but like before COVID hit, I was like, oh, I want to go to all these piratey places down there because I didn't even realize that like that was a, a thing that happened around here very often because uh, I'm kind of like dumb apparently. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not like a big fan of being out on the open water, but watching the show, I was like, dude, being a pirate would actually be kind of cool. Like, I kind of want to be a pirate. There's an allure there for sure. Hence the, you know, everyone wants to be Johnny Depp just sailing in the port, <laughs> stepping off your the mast as your ship sinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Completely rum dumb. Yep. But that that wraps up my list of period pieces that I've actually watched, at least partially, but most of, I think all of the shows that we just talked about, with the exception of Nightfall and, and Barbarians, I've watched all the way through. Um, which, now that I'm looking at my list and seeing that we're approaching our two-hour mark, um, I've watched a lot of period pieces. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> there's. I mean, we definitely followed like a, a theme of period pieces because we didn't even get into. Like we stuck to like historic ones or even like historic, fantasy ones. You know, we didn't get into. The, past hundred year period pieces and like how much fun those can be, and we've well, touched on that before. I, I do have my, I, there's still three left on the list of ones I haven't watched yet, but one, two. And I, I'm surprised that you haven't mentioned one specific one. Mm. Is it, is it in my, my sphere of everything else I talked about? Uh, not anything that we've talked about so far. Mm. I have a bunch it, of like it's, random it, movies that fit into like Greek or Roman times but no no shows left would you consider a show like chernobyl a period piece yes yeah yes i'm, that's I'm shocked that you haven't brought that up um it was it was outside of my theme mm. yeah that's one of the three on my list of shows that i haven't watched yet but one too but you sadly. haven't watched chernobyl dude i do not have hbo i say this every time we talk about it you don't need hbo but yeah, no, I don't think you do. What's it on then? HBO. Yep. So unfortunately, unless I get permission to the Village HBO account that I've heard of, um, yeah, I'll have to go to like Family Video and rent the DVDs or something like an animal. Start a free trial of HBO on your Amazon Prime account for seven days. Watch it. Oh, intriguing. And you can probably do the same thing with Hulu because they all have those HBO stars plug. Oh, yeah, that's right. There, you can get HBO shows on Hulu if you pay a little more. Uh, another yeah. HBO show, uh, speaking of, is Band of Brothers that I kind of like really want to watch. Yeah, I need to watch that. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I would, I mean, if if you ever get tired, actually, no, you should just ditch Hulu for a little bit, sign up for HBO, 
like the 15 bucks a month it is, add it to your Hulu and just watch so many freaking shows. <laughs> I know that are just they're just classics like yeah. It's I, unbelievable. Are, the list of shows that I want to watch just from HBO alone is at, like eye-boggling it's like insane it's huge yeah, it's it's nuts um but why don't you uh tell me a little bit of what i'm missing from chernobyl about chernobyl yeah. what you're missing well yeah. you're, what, you're... what makes it such a great show that fits into the period piece aspect? uh so the acting's great and you know it's set in russia so they do a good job at portraying as the show portrays it obviously because you know russia they're people too but you know the haphazardness and the the lack of um care i guess and their willingness to kind of cover this up and treat it like it's no big deal they did a good job kind of like catching that um and also, you know, it, it happened in a kind of rural area of, uh, you know, Eastern Europe. And I think they did a good job capturing that. Because, like, at one point, the fire department shows up to put out the fire of what happened. <laughs> and and right. the, the, the hopelessness of this, you know, fire, you know, this fire department of this little town trying to put out this thing <laughs> that's never been like seen before or encountered before. It was really cool. Um, it's, it, it's one of those that has kind of like a film grain on it. Mm. Um, I think just cause to capture the gloomy effect of one Eastern Europe to, uh, a nuclear meltdown. Right. Um, so <laughs> What if yeah. we actually like went to Eastern Europe or Russia and just everything literally was just gray? <laughs> like like all these shows and movies portray. You know, I think parts of it might be, but also the opposite. It's probably very maybe creepily the same as everywhere else. But yeah. maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what Hollywood wants me to think. They want me to think it's all just depressing and gray and the Russians are bad. Right. Yeah, but so I mean, uh, who doesn't it's a want good one. a good like nuclear disaster show, right? Yeah, and I mean, and it's not oh, completely accurate. They do some things for dramatic effect, but the way they set up the this telling of the events um, and diving into the characters that are very much affected by what happened, and it, it's almost like a horror too. Um, I, we you know we could have fit it into our October themes a little bit because uh, man i might have mentioned it i can't remember but it's 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 scary at points and just terrifying on a, on, a, on a certain level but it's a solid watch you know it's four it's 10 episodes and oh, nice. it just it keeps you captivated and the whole time you're also like like that happened like what the <laughs> hell is going on yeah it's it's just one season, right? It's just one of those oneers, one offs. Yeah. Yep. It might even be eight episodes. Oh, nice. Uh, it's definitely up there, and uh, every like every other week, I'm always like, oh, whatever. I'm just gonna sign up for HBO. It's like fifteen bucks. It's not that big of a deal. It's five episodes. Oh, 
hour, hour long? Yep. Okay. So it's like a just a really uh, long movie. Probably. Hour hour five about an hour and five minutes each, so it's a full hour. Um oh, nice. So Those extra eight minutes make a big difference. Dude, it does. <laughs> and I mean, you know, people say things are an hour, but are they forty minutes? Are they a full hour? It does make a difference. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely one of those shows along with um, True Detective, obviously, that we've talked about a little bit before that is just like, and Westworld. And obviously, like, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm like one of two people in America, or the world, I should say, that hasn't watched Game of Thrones. Uh, but, you know, the list goes on and on of of, sh- of reasons to just, like, cough up the 15 bucks a month and just get HBO. I say do it. Plus, 100% you know, do it. We all know the real reason that I want HBO. For the to watch the the young pope. Dude, how did you know? Cuz that show's awesome and no, Jude Law kicks ass. Uh this little this little little movie called The Snyder Cut. Is that out or it's going to be out? Not yet. It will be out on HBO Look, Max. That's your in. I know. That's your freaking in. Jordan, I don't know if you're listening, but whenever the Snyder Cut releases, you better believe that we're going to do like a five hour long podcast episode where all we do is fanboy out about the Snyder Cut. Do they know when it's coming out? Uh, I think sometime next year in 2021. Apparently they did uh, some like reshooting or are going to be doing some reshooting. And they've done a lot of stuff uh, in post and stuff. But yeah, I'm super excited about that. But, you know, that's a completely different topic than what we're talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, so the last show um, on my list of ones i i haven't really watched yet which is i guess kind of a lie because i've seen two episodes but it is peaky blinders and i've heard nothing but great things and the two episodes i watched honestly were really really good i just it just got pushed down on the list for whatever reason but uh, have you ever seen peaky blinders I think i watched the first episode but it was way too late at night and i just fell asleep but i want to watch it more and more and more and more. Um, and how many seasons are there? I want to say like a, a decent amount. Let's see here. 2013 was the first episode. Five, five seasons. Yeah. 30 episodes. So that's not terrible. No, it's a, it's a nice chunk. It'll keep you busy for a while. So yeah, watch, that's a, watch that's the a, boys first. That's only yeah. two seasons. Uh, you can pound it out in like two weeks because Aaron, I believe she would watch that with you and probably be entertained. And then you can start on this giant list of shows that we talked about tonight. Okay, I guess I'll watch the boys since finish Bly Manor. Sign up yeah, to man. our Patreon so you can get the exclusive free <laughs> episode. No, I'm kidding. 
Yeah, we basically had like a mini episode before we started recording this about Bly Manor, which <laughs> we weren't actually recording, so we're both kind of sad about. But and that's a whole other thing that we could talk about. We could have an, a follow up to our Hill House with a Bly Manor episode next October. Yep. <laughs> well, okay. So we did Hill House two years after Hill House release. So come back in 2022, and we'll uh, for Halloween we'll talk about Bly Manor. Well, uh, ultimately, it depends on when the next season comes out. Oh, true. Because yeah, so, we, we did Hill House, you know, leading up to Bly Manor. So then we should do Bly Manor leading up to uh, whatever the next one would seem to be called. Something, yeah. something cool and cre- creepy. Yeah. What what other terms are there for houses? Um, Estate. That's exactly what I was thinking. So um, <laughs> you stole the word right out of my right out of my mouth. The haunting of the Courtney estate. Yikes! Yikes. Not, that's not happening. So it's just children of the corn. <laughs> True. Or, or signs. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh, I've had Peaky Blinders recommended to me countless times. And the two episodes I watched were really, really interesting. But I think it, I kind of like fell into the same trap that you did where I kind of w- watched these later at night and uh, on nights where I was particularly tired for whatever reason. Right. So, um, but I mean, it's a really cool like gangster drama set in the 1920s ish, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, um, and it's England, isn't it? London. I, I want to say, um, okay, so I'm looking here, post-war Birmingham. Uh, so yeah, Birmingham, yeah, England. Yeah, it's, in, it's in Britain, yeah, so. No, um, and, and I like that actor, too. Uh, yes, I don't recall his name, but he was in 28 Days Later and um, you know, a handful of other things, and is actually, he's a phenomenal actor. Cillian Murphy. He's not the, he, he's not the Scarecrow, is he, in The Dark Knight? Yes, he is. Okay, yeah. That yeah, so th- this is definitely going to go back on my uh, back on my list of things to watch for sure. He's in an upcoming movie called A Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, a little movie called A Quiet Place Part Two, huh? A, a very loud place. Yeah. Loud, scary things. Oh, yes, that's this scary project stuff. was abandoned, but <laughs> he was also supposed to play a character in Hippie Hippie Shake. <laughs> what a great title. It would be abandoned. Whoa, Tom Hardy is in Piggy Blinders? What? I must not have gotten that far. Dude, when I... on No, way. No, yeah, Piggy Blinders cast. He's like listed as the sixth person. What is happening? Hey, that's really it, cool. I love Tom Hardy. I know it keeps this series keeps creeping up my list. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Tom Hardy and movies, I mean Tom. We we weren't. Yeah, speaking of Tom and movies, which we weren't speaking of movies, and I don't think I've really talked much about movies myself on this podcast yet um but the movie lawless that that uh tom hardy was in with shia labeouf was so good 
and that I guess we could consider that a period piece too. You know, back in the old yes, sir. Prohibition days, running the moonshine. That movie was so good. Wow, um, dude, get HBO and watch Boardwalk Empire. Oh, all about, it's about all that about that. It's it's a great period piece. Now that you mention it, um, about prohibition, politics of the time, you know, cops and gangsters. It's great. Nice. And yeah, it's got it, again uh, just another another tally on the count of reasons why I need to get HBO. Yeah, I mean, if you need to sacrifice a service for it, totally worth it. I mean, I would sacrifice... If I hadn't seen any of these shows on HBO, I would sacrifice Netflix or Hulu. Hmm. That's pretty powerful. I mean, in college, it's all I had. It's a powerful statement. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, to me, they are the originator of this... The the modern-day series. Yeah, the modern day series, like the production level, the quality, the acting, all that. Like, I, to me, they pioneered what is now very commonplace. And if it isn't that, it sucks. I vaguely remember, like, back in the day, my parents used to watch a show called Oz, I believe, on HBO. That's like their notable first big hit. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Where like they they were pioneering a a, a whole different type of television experience, you know, moving away from your basic cable sitcoms and stuff like that. Well, yeah, and I don't know. To me, the more you think about it, they were Netflix before Netflix was a thing, because you paid extra through a median for this service that produces content. So you have cable or yeah. or dish, you pay extra for HBO. You yeah. have the internet, you pay extra for Netflix. Yeah. Um yeah, cuz they would still like, you know, play movies and stuff, but then they also created correct. their own yeah. content like Oz and what, you know, all the things that have come down the road since then. Yeah. So yeah, they they wanted to branch out, do something different. So I I feel like I feel like they they kind of started all of it. Um, I think Netflix, you know, they they were the whole like movie rental thing, and then they came around mm-hmm. to the quality aspect of um, HBO. Yeah, because I definitely have memories of like picking out movies for Netflix to mail me. Yep. Right. So yeah, they started where it's like, hey, we're gonna like you know, cut the cut the cord and pay for Netflix so you can watch stuff and not wait for it on TV or go to the to the you know, the blockbuster. Yeah. Um Yeah, so yeah, that's 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 a good point. Good job, Nick. Um But yeah, yeah that, pretty- that that pretty much covers yeah, everything that I I had as far as, you know, shows I've watched and ones I've wanted to watch. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Anything else you want to say about our beloved genre? Um, 
not that anything couldn't just like keep going. I mean, there there's gonna be a be on the lookout in the in the coming in the coming episodes. There will be a part two to period pieces <laughs> for sure. Um, I will say, like, I guess my recommendation for our listeners would be uh, if you've if you've never been in, intrigued or interested in checking out uh, shows or movies from this genre, um, I would definitely recommend giving it a shot. You know, whether you find something that's, you know, between the 1920s and 1940s, like gangsterish related, or if you find some old, like even, I guess, could you even, I mean, I don't want to, combined genres and like band of brothers really is like a war show or like saving private Ryan's like a war movie, but like, and technically I guess they're also period dramas, right? Yeah. They're, you know, well, yeah, they're, they're focused for sure. But like if, if you like things like saving private Ryan or like, you know, insert whatever world war two movie or show or, um, chances are you'll probably enjoy aspects of some of the other shows that we've talked about that are not war related, like the, the, the fur trading pieces or like pirate type shows or um, the Roman empire rise and downfall or like medieval type stuff, all of the same aspects that make a, a movie like saving private Ryan so enjoyable are found in these other shows. So like, you know, I definitely recommend you branching out if you haven't seen any of these before. And if you have, uh, yeah, let us know if like which shows we talked about tonight that you've watched or seen and enjoyed or what you didn't like about them. Or if we left some obvious shows or movies out that you really enjoyed that you think fit the period piece, you know, genre, you know, let us know in the comments. Uh, because I'm always looking for stuff to add, and clearly I love this genre. And I think another thing that would be a good takeaway is just the the knowing that there this is a a genre of content, and I think some people might watch these shows. Maybe they're really interested in Roman times. Maybe they they just happen to like really like pirate shows, um, but maybe you know step back and like is there something else about these shows that you do like that is more kind of that would lead you into other period pieces because i mean we like period pieces all across the board because there's elements to that type of show that is important and good to watch so maybe it isn't you you don't just like you know the 1920s you like the 1920s but this style of telling stories and building worlds that might lead you to a lot of other shows clearly yeah for sure don't be afraid to branch out and try new things <laughs> i sound like a show hippie or something um yeah i don't <laughs> just, know I, just, I, I, just branch out yeah bro just, you know try some try, new things try it all man just just love it all bro um but yeah i mean that, that's all i got i don't know Sounds like that's all you got too. 
yeah not without like kind of going into a whole another episode right that's and, all i have and i want to say this might be a record for us yeah it wise. is so yeah let, maybe is. we should wrap this up um call it call it we're calling it if you if you stuck around this long thank you so much this was a really long episode but um it was a really fun chat i think and hopefully you were able to take something away from it if you haven't taken anything away from it let this be the one thing subscribe to our youtube channel which we will throw a link to in our instagram and facebook posts and if you don't follow us on the other social medias, you can find us at social or at social at Showboys Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, our our page is Facebook.com/slash Showboys Podcast. Uh, you can listen to our episodes on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, uh, pretty much anywhere that you can get podcasts, and you can also. Listen to our episodes on the YouTube. So peace out. Are we cueing the music, or did we cue do the that music. before? Nah, cue the music. <laughs> peace out, Girl Scouts. Have a great yes. night. Watch our Mandalorian or listen to our Mandalorian companion series. It is time to go watch the Mandalorian. Yes. Oh, it is. Goodbye, Craig. Later, Craig. just ask him to leave or should we just forcibly remove him get him out of here